Sinister Sisters. <laughs> Welcome to another Sinister Sisters. I'm Bane Hellborn with my sister. Scorpio Girl. And we haven't been drinking today, but we're laughing like we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are funny. Things are funny. Because I let Scorpio Girl play with makeup on my face. Oh, yeah. She got this little cute little makeup palette, and, for, a wet and wild palette, yeah. and uh, it was fun, but I, I, I can't do eyeliner. You yeah. can't do eyeliner the to wet save one. my the, life. The wet eyeliner no, is I no just, good. No, I just, I just, I never have. I've watched the tutorials. I've spent many hours doing that. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. no, I'm yeah. not that kind of girl. Yeah, because when I saw the end result, I just laughed. <laughs> I mean, I am that kind of girl, but I'm not that kind of girl. Yeah. Just to clarify. She's, she's my basic makeup gal I go to for, to help to help me with uh, makeup and hair with uh, some of my spooky stuff, too. But my weakness yeah. is eyeliner. Eyeliner. She's no good at it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, my, uh, my partner, Matt, gave us the idea to talk about cults. Although I think we were talking about cults a couple of weeks ago before possibly he said something possibly but it's a we're good idea. We're just on a weird wavelength. Yeah. So yeah. it just kind of fits the genre. Yeah, it uh, right now. So it's it's a good idea. So I found so the thing is when you look up about movies about cults, you have to say movies about cults and not cult movies because that's a totally different thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so what we're doing is I will be doing the parts of cults that were pretty much unheard of cults, mm -hmm. but cults that are really documented as really happening in real life. <laughs> and then what's your portion of this? So I've got the movie side where it's movies that deal with uh, groups of people that are worshipping either deities or a person or yep. something like that. So I've got like both supernatural side and uh, possibly a human. No, I think I got all supernatural. No, so, I got a human. Here is one. Oh, it's a Jim Jones type. Oh. Okay, there yep, we go. Yep, yep, there yep. we go. Yep. But uh, my I'm favorite, actually. I'm mostly it's my favorite. You it's like, like that one? In my top twenty. You like that one? That movie is in my top twenty. Did you know he really poured real gas on himself? Uh, stupid. Okay. Oh. Um. <laughs> anyways. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, so we're gonna keep it to our thing. I'm all about real life horror. And then you're all about... The movie horror. Fictional horror. Based on real life, some of them. Well, of course, they all gotta be yeah. based on one or the other. Okay. okay, so who starts? Go ahead, you go. Oh, cool. Let's throw in some facts. Okay. <laughs> so on the basis of crazy cults you've probably never heard of, we have the Altherius Society. It was founded in the mid-1950s by a former British taxi driver. <laughs> Altherius is a New Age religion whose belief system are built around the idea that a series of cosmic masters, mostly from Venus and Saturn, control the fate of humanity. Additionally, they focus heavily on prayer and spiritual charging the Earth to make way for the new master. Get this. A Masonic figure who will descend 
to Earth in a, you got it, you guessed it, a flying saucer armed with magic and it's quoted more powerful than the combined materialistic might of all the armies. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, they don't, they, I never came across that one. Never heard of that, but it's reminiscent of quite a few of them. Right, yeah. right. You've got the flying saucers. You've got the uh, cosmic the being. Cosmic being. Yeah, yeah you got it. I, and and it, it's a tax a British taxi driver. So you've got that kind of like superhero. Oh, you British people. <laughs> no, no, kind of like that superhero backstory. You yeah. know how they usually have a parent or a loved one died and yeah. that started theirs. This is this is what is indicative. Of a cult leader in real life is, um, you know, you have to have some sort of job that you pretty much, at one point, wake up hating. Hating it. <laughs> yeah. I've had that most of my life, but I never turn to that. <laughs> anyway. What do you so got So here us? we have 2016 The Void. Which is a cult. Okay. They kind of are reminiscent of the KKK. They wear right, white robes. But their face uh, for the head is just a giant triangle. Black triangle for the void. It's based. It's using lots of elements of Cthulhu. That they are. Uh, well, they trap these people in a hospital. I mean, when they you said, you. hold on real quick, yeah. when you said triangle, I was like, how Illuminati of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they trap people. They trap, they trap these. Uh, it's all about this group of people that are trapped in a hospital. They shut off the power. Uh, doors are locked. Nobody can get in or out. Well, I mean, they can get out, but I mean, you're surrounded by all these crazy psychos that will kill you as soon as you step outside because you're being sacrificed to their God. And uh, it comes down to that uh, the the end result is a portal or the void opens up so that they can go through. Now, do they know what's on the other side of this void or is this all just like blind faith that it's all good? Yeah, they they think it's all good. Oh, they think so it is that type where they're facing blind faith. Yeah. That this portal is something yeah. to benefit them instead yeah. of ruin yeah. fucking everything. Yeah, and it's just, oh it's not God. what they thought. But, you know, they are so uh, entrenched in their beliefs, they willingly go through and even sacrifice themselves to open the void. I see, I, no disrespect, I'm, seriously, no disrespect. I, I do know of goths that do believe in a religion. Um, no disrespect, but this is one of the main reasons why religion just, I just yeah. don't fit in because I do not have that much faith yeah. in, yeah. But this was, this is I like, mean, I mean, evidence has proven that this will be like a, a no win, not worth the investments, yeah. no return investment on the situation. Yeah. Like you're like, well, look at that suicide bombers and stuff. They, they just think this portal will be like. Well, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, the, the one person remaining 
was a secret cultist and it was his it was his mission to open up the dimension and bring out those other creatures that was his mission jeez so and uh, yeah all right yeah the void it was a pretty good movie it was really scary because you don't know what those psychos in the <laughs> in the costumes are going to do <laughs> Uh, you mean the actual monsters, or are you talking about the cult? The cult members. <laughs> okay, the cult okay, members. Okay, okay, that makes this even funnier. <laughs> because, you know, when, oh things, when things, creatures come through a portal, okay. you know what they're going to do. They're going to fucking eat you. Right. Okay, right. that's that's a given. Right, right. But the people who are trying to do this, you don't know what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I've got... Um, I'm going to butcher this, because I am not Japanese, and I do not know... My experience with Japanese language is TV and movies, so yeah. So this group is called the Hana Senpogayo. Okay, so this modern Japanese sect, so this modern Japanese sect is often referred to as the foot reading cult, based (laughs) on the claim that its founder, who also claimed to be the reincarnation of both Jesus Christ and Buddha. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, for the price of one two deities are willing to share for the good humanity one meat suit so and they're pretty big (laughs) deities so here we go um so anyways this reincarnation of jesus and buddha could actually diagnose followers problems by simply examining their feet and that they would die if they weren't examined appropriately so according to his methods, traits like short toes indi- indicate a short temper, and fat toes meant your life will be filled with good fortune. However, the whole ruse unraveled when followers fought back against the steep $900 fee he charged for each inspection. $900. Okay, this kind of like reminds me of like Christianity. Okay, now he hear doesn't me out. throw in he doesn't throw in a foot massage. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. So basically, in what I kind of think is going on with Christianity is you can get in trouble for not believing, but you have the free will to believe. But if you don't believe, your bad things will happen to you. (laughs) Yeah. So with this foot fetish guy, kudos for him for turning his fetish into a, like, a livelihood. (laughs) Yeah. $900 a whack. You know, I kind of think like, you know, this is, I'm, we're being pranked, but you can't make this up. Well, yeah, you can, but it's not going to be as good as the real shit. I mean, these, (laughs) there, there are people on this planet that are just. Fucked up. What? Fucked up. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, what do you have? All right. The ultimate of cult series movies, Children of the Corn. I actually saw this one. So uh, I, <laughs> I saw also a lot of them. I, I also did another search. They Children of the Corn started in 1984, and it was they did a remake in 2001. I mean, there's movies all the way up to 2011. So, so in the 2000s they were remaking it. So basically, this is a, a real. I mean, this is a cult following okay. a deity. Or? Yes, yes. So this is a cult by children following a entity. In the cornfield, who has this thing about killing adults. So it doesn't seem like these children, though, the way they act and stuff, it doesn't seem like they're really them. They're more, like, possessed. No, just one is. The yeah, the but, mouthpiece of the entity is the one uh, that's possessed. Shoot, why but yeah, I yeah. think of his name? 
I can see his face. Isaac. Isaac, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so well, he's the only one that's possessed, and all well, the children are just afraid because they yes. really act like they yeah, really understand what's going on. Yeah, so they worship he who walks behind the rose. That's what Isaac was telling them. That's the name of the entity that has decided to bring all the children together. That was the whole thing was all about the children coming together and it's a fear-based cult because they're you you can't do anything you can't have fun you can't play games you can't draw you can't listen to music i mean you can't dance i mean you can't do anything fun read books hell no you get in trouble you get killed for that <clears throat> and uh it's just all about it's all about this entity and nobody believed that it there was an entity until you know you see it you can see the entity right and he feeds on the sacrifices the children give him i wonder if this is anything like the book um actually no it's it's a little different i bet you i the read book, the story i, bet you I read the, the story does the book still have way more backstory than the movies because this is the thing yes this yes. is the thing about movies yes. i don't care what genre is this is the thing that i hate about movies that yes. are made from books or based on books is that you are left with so much more questions and probably half of those questions don't even matter because they have nothing to do about what really happens in the book yeah. this is just a made up made for yeah. movie TV this is thing. sort of this is sort of where you get lord of the flies but lord of the flies is more chaotic uh <laughs> um it's, well it's just more chaotic because it's a natural kind of setting yeah. of of human instinct yeah and traits, so that's where but it, this, this is, is a controlled kind of there has yeah. to be a reason why it's the children there has to be a reason yes, why it didn't quite this entity the, even the story didn't quite say it just was there okay. this is what was going on this was there but they did a lot more ritual in the story. There was a oh. lot more ritual to just stabbing somebody. Okay. Uh, especially the ones that turned eight, uh, 19. When they turn yeah, 19, they them. are marked and they are sent off into the cornfield to be taken by he who walks behind the rose. And why, though? Why? Well, and then the other part that we weren't told about, but it's in the book, is these children... Uh, the ones that are about to be sacrificed on their 19th birthday, they have to make a baby. So it oh, continues the cult. How weird is so, that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're even told oh about sex God. by Isaac to, they have to perpetuate their cult. Jesus so, Christ. So, and yeah. And you know that's real shit that's actually been going on with it's, real cults. That it's, you, probably, it's probably, ba it's, I'm sure be it's based something. on that. Uh, All right, I've got uh, number four. Um, Order of the Solar Temple. Oh. This secret society's beliefs and activities involved a mix of early Christianity, UFOs, New Age philosophy, and Freemason rituals. Oh, man. They were a mostly peaceful organization with some unconventional beliefs, i.e. death is only an illusion and life continues on other planets until the infant son of one of its members was sacrificed in one of the group's lodges because he was believed to be the Antichrist. Oh. So shortly after, a number of people in the inner circle committed mass suicide and others were found mysteriously shot or smothered to, to death, all dressed in their ceremonial robes. Oh. 
I wonder if that was planned or if that was some mutiny on the bounty kind of wow. shit. That sounds like Heaven's Gate. Remember, they were dressed. Yeah, but I mean, as far as you got everything, Christianity, UFOs, New Age philosophy, Freemason rituals, man, you had all of it. Wow. <clears throat> what can you say to that? Wow. They kind of like, kind of, yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but that's the one question I would be stuck with. Was this a mutiny on the bounty kind of ending, <laughs> or was this a... Jim Jones. Yeah, a planned Jim Jones, Jim Jones kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay, what you got? Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. <gasps> Is now, this the family No, cult? this this was The Curse of Thorn cult. Remember, they were worshipping Michael. Oh, They were worshipping right. Michael. They were marked with the rune of thorn which uh paul rudd's character in the movie talks about how uh villages back in the way ancient times worshiped thorn to protect their village they would have to sacrifice a member of the family to the god so that the god would protect the village from raiders and drought and you know Okay. So it was, uh, it was another ritualistic thing. But somehow Michael Myers is wrapped up in this because what does he do? He mainly kills his family. So, I mean, oh, you mean the immediate family instead yes, of? Yes. So like each member, each family, they have to sacrifice one member of their family to this god, the cult of Thorn. Okay. Now Michael Myers... That's what he was doing. He started with his sister, and then he just went on from there. And somehow his niece had a baby, <laughs> which we don't know if it's his or not. That's still iffy. <laughs> oh my God. Which, at the end, he, the baby is taken away by Paul Rudd and the surviving uh, Strode family member. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. They were worshiping Michael. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I wonder with cults that actually do the whole polygamy or, you know, shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like, have they, they've probably gone through a situation just yeah. like that. Oh, oh and, and, and the, the, the way that Michael paid back this cult for taking such good care of him. What does he do? <laughs> Slaughters them all. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I have the Freedomites. Freedomite. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. That's horrible. That's so bad. <laughs> Anyways, it was originally formed in Saskatchewan oh. in 1902 after a fracturing of different religious groups who had fled Russia to escape persecution. The Freedomites insist on three different things. Communal living, nudity, and anarchy. <laughs> Naked anarchists. Yes. They become uh. most famous for their all-nude public demonstrations to show opposition to the material tendencies of society. <laughs> and in the 20s and 30s, even burned and bombed a whole slew of public buildings. First of all, while naked, of course. of course, to show their disdain for the government. How would they carry that stuff? There's no pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Unless they went that far and they opened up pockets in their skin. I mean, <laughs> there's no pockets. All, all while nude. Wow. All while nude to naked anarch terrorists. Has to oh. Was and there's Cana- no movie about that. They're Canadians. And they're, they're Canadians. <laughs> no, I think that's what makes it perfect. They're Canadians. And they're let's, Canadians. Let's get naked. <clears throat> well, technically, they're Russian. They oh, came well, from oh, Russia. Shoot, shoot, shoot. They came from right. Russian. Fractions. Fraction. They're there fractured. Are fractions from, of religious groups from Russia. So I wonder if nudity is their twist, or that is number one. From all these factions, number one, we're going to hold true to let's be nude. <laughs> but how could they be nude in Russia? It's so damn cold. Maybe that was your that was your dues or something. I don't know. Maybe that was your penitence. Maybe that was your, um, I don't the know. Women, Maybe was, that was your, freeze like, their tits off and the um, guys freeze their dicks off. I don't know. Nice. They're Russians. They're probably immune to that shit. I don't know. Maybe they've evolved or something. Damn it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. (laughs) What do you have? I don't know if I can match that. (laughs) Sorry. No, I probably can't. So one of the older 1973, The Wicker Man. An island of pagan worshippers worshipping the green man. The green man, yeah. So there is a, a murder on the island and a Christian cop goes to figure goes to find out the information, but they're all vague. Nobody wants to give the information. All right. They don't want to give the information. Outsider, dude. Yeah, yeah. Come they're on. not gonna tell anything. And you're Christian. And, Jesus fuck. And it's <laughs> Right. And you know, Christopher Lee. <clears throat> oh my goodness! No, Chris, no, Christopher Lee was the cop investigating. Oh, but um, everyone else were the psycho cults. They were also, I think it was, they were sacrificing children. What is their deal? What is this group? Yeah, it's uh, it's their their Kel- their type of Celtic pagans. They uh, paying homage to the pagan Celtic gods of their ancestors. They copulate openly in the fields. Okay. Orgies in the fields include children as part of the May Day celebrations. Oh, this is a movie? Teach children of the phallic association of the Maypole. Place toads in their mouths to cure sore throats. Ew. The Islanders, including Rowan's own mother, appears to be attempting to thwart his investigation that claiming that Rowan never existed. That's the cop. So they're trying to make make him believe that he does he's he's a ghost or he's never real what a very like informative but, <laughs> plot and that's just one paragraph but Jeez. they were uh I, I remember this that they do like this is where um burning man comes from they were they build this oh. giant they build this giant wicker man to burn at the end of their uh celebration Jeez. and uh christopher lee is burned on it again, so <gasps> sacrifice yeah, sacrifice to their to their pagan god. All right, gotcha. Good one, good one. All right. So <clears throat> the name of this uh, cult that I have, it seems like they couldn't make up their mind or they wanted to be very, very informative. Thorough. Thorough. <laughs> 
So this is the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments. Wow. So, okay, this group is a breakaway movement from the Roman Catholic Church. They just couldn't say commandmentites? I don't know. (laughs) So the movement was founded in the late 80s in Uganda. Uganda. And revolved around the strict adherence to the Ten Commandments as a means of avoiding damnation in the apocalypse. Okay. So this just just sounds like they, okay. they, they follow they their follow religion. It's just this is what they just like focus on. Yeah. Okay, so what what is it? What are we what are we talking about? So what we're talking about is among the older tenants were weekly fasts and the outlawing of both soap and sex. Oh, soap. The sects began to unravel after the world failed to end at the start of the new millennium, as leaders predicted. So it resulted in a mass murder involving a series of poisoning, stabbings, and massive church fire. Oh, oh my God. That Jim is Jones like, times 10. That is like damage control, yeah. like 101, yeah. like Karen style. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, uh, so they probably thought the end of the world was going to be at Y2K like everyone else did. Yep, yep. And it didn't happen, so they're like, well, you're going to die anyway. Well, I think that, well, plus I think this was also like saving face. Like, shh. Yeah, the world's going to end for you right now. Right, right. (laughs) It's going to happen one way or another, goddammit. Oh, my gosh. Crazy fucking people. Yipes. Okay, so now we have 1987, The Believers with Martin Sheen. I remember that one. Remember that one? I watched it when I was a little kid. And yeah. That's the last time I've seen it. It is based on a book called The Religion by Nicholas Condy. Okay. But, uh, which I didn't know at the time. I just learned this now. I did not know that. Okay. So it's Martin Sheen. He, his wife has a freak accident. She's electrocuted. They move from Minneapolis to New York. He has a son, one son, mm-hmm. and he starts being a police psychologist for the New York City Police Department. So he gets thrown into, there's all these ritualistic children murders. Jesus. Ritualistic, yeah, very ritualistic. It's uh, a type of Santeria, but it's the dark side of it. Okay. And... Uh, they find a bunch of children and Cal... Martin Sheen's character is trying to figure out why would these people do that. But they're, uh, as the movie, the movie takes on a to- total supernatural vibe because uh, Santeria, it's all belief-based. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's happening, it's happening. It's really happening. Like what happened to Jimmy Smits. He keeps saying, uh, he keeps saying snakes. Snakes, snakes, snakes. He feels snakes. They were in his stomach in his autopsy. So, because right. <laughs> uh, apparently a friend of uh, Cal, they brought from Africa a uh, shamanistic child who could make voodoo happen. Okay. He had the power. Okay. So it, power of the voodoo? Power of the voodoo. <laughs> Hoodoo? You do. Voodoo. <laughs> Have the power? <laughs> power of the babe. <laughs> sorry I couldn't resist. <laughs> so then um, 
they do say what god they're they're worshiping but i can't remember it at the time and there's no word on it so anyway they are you have uh, to read the book you have to read well or watch the movie again which i do which i do have so anyway (laughs) um his friend tells him about how they worship this god and they have to sacrifice their children to get the wealth and power and privilege and to be protected from all harm that's why they do it kind of sounds like this this thing that the apparently the democrats are worshiping moloch or something (laughs) dang it come on hollywood yeah yeah hollywood's linked oh my god yes it's all coming it's all coming coming full circle circle. so yeah it's all about uh it's all about santeria voodoo on how it 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 is really belief-based if If you believe it, it happens. And that's what they're trying to say. So, uh, and that uh, even people you thought you knew might be part of it. Right. So, uh, yeah. And then that, uh, this movie helps start a lot of, well, not start, but perpetuate a lot of the uh, cult, other cult movies with that do about uh, ritualistic Murders and sacrifices. So. Right, right. Yeah. So fun movie. Okay. It's in my collection. That's why I have it. All right. Date night material for sure. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I get this. Okay. With what's going on right now uh, with the racially fuel fired um, shenanigans that are going on right now. This is called the creativity movement huh. based in Illinois. Uh, Creativity was officially formed in 1973 to unite white people through a common racial religion. While most of their belief system involves a naturalist philosophy and abiding by an extremely healthy lifestyle, their supreme value is that what is good for white people is the highest good. And it's exactly that type of thinking that has earned them a place on a list of neo-Nazis or neo-Nazi organizations by the Southerner Poverty Law Center. Oh. So 1973. Uh, wow. Yeah. That was not too long after the whole. A sect of KKK. Yeah. So what? They weren't good enough for KKK because no. maybe the KKK wasn't too... Were too... They were too strict. No, no, no. I think the KKK maybe enjoyed cheeseburgers and uh, ham and uh, hot dogs. And that's why <laughs> this group is... Uh, they splintered off. Because of their extremely healthy lifestyle. That's that's my... Ah. That's, that's my theory Oh, <laughs> maybe they were good enough for the KKK. Wow. The, the, or, or maybe they were too good for the KKK. <laughs> so they splintered off. Okay. They had a higher standard of KKK. Uh, interesting. And you know what's sad is you're going to find cults throughout our real American history that are like this exactly to a T. Yeah all through fucking history yeah that's the thing that kind of like gets me is something like this well it's just has it's just waves it's, it just has its waves well it's just people it never believes belong. and it never solves anything and it never does anything to fix the solution no but they just they just give up for a while and then come back and be like well maybe this will work well it's just people want something to believe in and they want to feel a part of something 
So they join these wacky groups. Well, see, and that's the whole thing of um, belief in yeah. all of this kind of movie based and real life. Yeah. It's you really gotta, you really gotta uh, believe that yeah. what you're hearing slash seeing slash participating in makes sense. Yeah. I guess. But a lot of the indoctrination, it just makes them into zombies. So, yeah. See, I'm not a religious person, but um, I do respect people's beliefs. Beliefs. I mean, I, I respect them. You're allowed. Yeah. You are just another human being. You're you're allowed your beliefs, whether I believe in them or not, or agree with them or not. It's just who I am. I remember one time um, in the very beginning stages of my mom's dementia, she wanted me to take her to this church. And you couldn't get out of after the sermon without passing. Like they formed a single file line, mm -hmm. and you could like a get, gauntlet, you like could, a gauntlet. You could yeah. get out of this room without passing the uh, pastor. And apparently, the question he was asking, which he told us he was going to ask at the door and get everybody's answer, is, um, "What is your confession today?" And this wasn't one of those kind of churches that did ask that. So it was like, okay. Weird. So I remember my mom got up there and she babbled something. And he, the pastor did the standard blow off, uh, you know, thank you. And, uh, you know, you're good enough. You matter, whatever. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> <clears throat> and then he comes to me and I swear to God, it sounded like the room just like went quiet. And he's like, what is your confession? And I remember looking him deadpan in the face and uh, saying, I wish I had the blind faith my mother does. And he just looked at me and there was just this weird, awkward kind of, I mean, he asked and I thought I'd just give him a for real from the heart, like, answer. And he did not Probably didn't, that. he didn't expect such an honest answer because I'm sure a lot of those people bullshit each other every time. That's why I, I think I can't remember what my uh, what mom said, but I think it was something that was just uh, along the lines of her standard blind faith praise. Yeah. So, uh, but I think that's why cults would never work for me. Yeah. 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 I just uh, sorry. No. That was kind of long winded, but I felt no. like it was needed, and yeah. I think yeah. part of my point is is I think you really have to just be. At that point where um, I hear often, um, Mr. UK says it all the time. If you don't believe in something or stand for something, you will fall for anything. And I yeah. think people are at that point where they just were like. Well, that's they're especially I, in this time now with the pandemic and the uncertainty of the econ economy and jobs and everything. It's just they just want something to believe in that they think is good that will that will uh, make their life better at this right now because everything is people are all now now we're all separated even more because the six foot rule and the masks and you really can't you aren't supposed to gather and you know but look yeah. it's creating millions of mini cults because yeah. every every house is essentially their own kind of cult technically <laughs> yes Yes, because we're supposed to stay away from each other now. So people are now looking for something to believe in. And yeah, this is going to, this is happening. Wow. Is interesting. Happening. Interesting. Okay. So. Oh, so. So I have 1988. 
bad dreams. Okay, this is the movie. This is the movie. Yeah. This is in my top 20 favorite movies of all time. And I'm not a horror freak, but this movie. And there is one person that was in The Believers that's in this one, too. Harris Eulin. <gasps> oh, my. He always plays the bad guy. Doesn't he? And he did yeah. it so well. But uh, this one, uh, Richard Lynch... Mm-hmm. This one was one of the because Richard Lynch, he was so good at being the bad guy. Right. He was creepy. He was even good looking enough to be a, a vampire but, at one point. But he <laughs> really, I mean, he really channeled a believable. So this was leader. a type of Jim Jones cult where he was mm-hmm. uh, the leader. And uh, in the movie. Unity. Unity. Yes. <laughs> so it was all about, uh, it was a cult that they were looking forward to killing themselves. Yeah, to the mass suicide. They were doing the, and they were they looking have forward to juice, it. So they had a liquid No, actually no. No, 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 no. They willingly he, remember he poured oh, that, he poured sorry. gas sorry, on the women. Yep, yep. He took like he a big ladles, cup a big spoonful of spoodles. gas. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's right. And poured it on the women. Because the vision I had that popped up was of the the big container that looked like a juice thing, but it was No, this they were all so sheeple about it. They were they were so excited excited about dying. Like hugging each other and love and smiles. Yeah. Yeah. So fire. And this and this was by fire. Yeah. And the funny part was, real fact, Richard Lynch had been suicidal at one point. He actually did pour gas on himself and almost committed suicide before this movie and so when he had to do it again it scared the shit out of him because it was too close to the real thing but yeah look at look at the perspective he probably gained on it like watching this movie or being being in the movie yeah Yeah. so uh and then we had uh leading lady jennifer rubin from the nightmare on elm street movie uh, nightmare on elm street 3 dream warriors she was a breath of fresh air when she came onto the scene it was like she was like she was like the ultimate victim hello she was like but she was the bad ass yeah yeah. but this movie she was such a victim she had no control over anything yeah and uh she was getting blamed because she was the survivor of the cult of the cult yeah. suicide because uh and she was in a coma for 13 years because she yeah the coma like she was in because a coma. she didn't fulfill her 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 word her part whatever, her part her of the part, bargain her yeah. part in the deal yeah and she ended up in a coma the whole from like when it happened to boom a coma yeah so uh and so when she woke like up she didn't mean to not survive. and that's what she was trying to say is that you know she kept saying that she wanted to join her friends yeah she didn't want to be here because she was out of place yeah because she was part of this cult, it was a big giant. That's all she. Knew. It was big giant community. Because she was a, she was a kid when that happened. She was too. a kid. She was yeah. a little kid when that happened. So yeah. this was like all she knew. So, uh, so you know, she's having visions of her previous life and her friends, and then and what she was a part of. And then also one by one, the people in the hospital she was with were dying. Mm-hmm. were getting they were committing suicide they were committing suicide while she was getting these hallucinist hallucination visions and dreams but yeah. there's there's a reason yeah. why there's a reason yeah. why it's just i don't want to spoil too much of this movie because yes. come on people you got to it's, watch it's this a good movie. it's a good movie and i'm not a horror fan or anything yes. but i think the direction the acting the actors yes. um the storyline this has one of my favorite actors from that time frame and he pulled off a, a out of character at that time for him to act in uh, Dean Cameron. He had a fucked up character. 
He did, but the thing is, it's like... Don't character. Yeah, I was vibing him back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> As an actor back in yeah. the day. I was definitely vibing that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, this is a movie that uh, perpetuated about uh, the former cult because the people in the hospital were be given hallucinogenic drugs. Well, no, so, no. Yeah. Everybody got different things to make them... Yeah, to hallucinate so that they would kill themselves. Oh, that is true. They were yes. getting hallucinations. They were getting... But they were such control... That's the thing, the one thing about, you know, my realistic mind kind of things. It was such uh, directed... Like, they were getting specific yes. visions. Yes. It, yeah, yes. that's and that's the only that's thing that also, got me was I was like, oh. That's also the power of suggestion by the person giving the suggestion. True, true, yeah, true, so true. this was a this was a, a very good it starts off as a Jim Jones thing, but then turn into a supernatural Jim Jones thing. Well sort it of. Is, a hallucinogenic. I'll thing. say yeah. everything about this movie just hit ticked a box. Yes. Like I said, directing, acting, script, um everything. Yes. Everything. I have it in my collection. Dialogue. Of Everything. It wasn't. It was. It was very good. Bad dreams. Bad dreams. Please 1988. 1988. 1988. That's Andrew right. Fleming, director. Yeah. Okay. Go. Okay. So my uh, cult that I found is realism. It was founded in 1974 by the French race car driver Claude Verilhon. So anyways, realism, realism teaches that human life was created intentionally by a bunch of aliens who later sent messengers in human form to check in on things, including Jesus and Buddha. Okay, these same characters. Wow, again. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of like Dark City. Yes. Exactly like yes. Dark City, but this was in 1974, so I can see Wow. Correlation. Yeah. Okay, so on the surface, their values are quite agreeably considering they advocate world peace, sharing, democracy, nonviolence, and a liberal view of sexuality. <laughs> but they most Always. certainly have their strange side. For instance, in late 1990s, the organization founded a cloning company and made the bold claim with zero scientific proof. That they'd actually cloned a human in the year 2000. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Kind of makes sense sometimes. Like, you could totally see how this would make sense. Because don't you feel like sometimes in life you're like, is this all there is? That's what I'm saying. Like, what? who is, what? Is this all there is? My friend. <laughs> Anyways. And to wrap it up, we have a more current one, uh, which is one of my favorites. I just keep watching this over and over I and over again. Seen it. It's really good. It'll scare you. That's probably why I told you not to watch it, but because <laughs> it's got a lot of, it's got it's not necessarily jump scares, but it's things blending in with the forest, and then when they move, you're like fuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah. <clears throat> so this is the ritual 2017. It is my f current favorite. I just, there's just something, of, it's just so weird. It's weird enough that it keeps my interest. Okay, well, what's it so, about? So it's uh, five guys. They're all like school buddies. They were uh, planning, they plan their yearly trip to go. They go, they go hiking everywhere or they go visiting a resort or, I mean, they, they live in London, but they go traveling in Europe. So they were trying to decide what Is place to go. Is it always adventure based? Yes, or? yeah. 
Okay. So, because they're, you know, they're kind of athletic group. Uh, and so one one guy wanted to go get some alcohol. So, and his uh, a buddy went with him so he wouldn't go alone. And they stepped into a robbery. So the one guy that wanted the alcohol, he ended up hiding while his friend was standing out there and he got noticed. And uh, they asked him for his wallet and everything. And then he wouldn't give up everything. He was trying to fight him and he got killed mm-hmm. while the, the other guy was hiding. Jesus, okay. So the rest of the group blamed the survivor for putting for getting their friend killed. Oh man. So wow. they they were still trying to do they still wanted to do this trip to honor their fallen friend and right. like uh do some sort of like a goodbye ceremony. So they decide to go hiking <laughs> out in the woods. Wow. Uh in Sweden. <laughs> Where legends are. Where, you know, and of course, so they have this one leader of the of the group who has the map, has the compass, knows where to fuck to go. Right. And they're supposed to also, like, at the end of this hike, they're going to end up at a resort and then they're going to spend a few days there, you know, relaxing. Right, right. So, Both of course, cool. while hiking, mm-hmm. they notice the quickest way to the resort is through the woods. Yep, of course, of course. And you know what happens when you go through a dark forest in Sweden or any any type of forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight from the path. So they get thrown into the start of weirdness when they come across. uh, They come across a uh, deer that's kind of strung up with its head missing to look like some sort of figure. And then they find this cabin that they spend the night in. But then up in the attic, there is this uh, wooden put together figure of some sort of deity. It's a weird looking thing. And they all do. They all don't sleep because they're all having nightmares. Uh, the one <laughs> the one Indian of the group, <laughs> he ends up getting naked and he's worshiping the, this figure. And he had no control over it. It was like while he was sleeping. So he was like sleepwalking. Okay. And it all scared them. And then uh, the one survivor of the shooting, he ended up getting marked. He was marked. So uh, they were trying to find their way out. And of course, they can't find their way out. So they're following a trail that leads deeper into the woods. (laughs) And uh, they find... Uh, hidden underground, uh, under the under the woods, was under the grass and everything was uh, buried tents of items of other campers. They have their wallets there. They have all their items there. The tents, clothes, everything was buried. Mm-hmm. So they set up camp there, and then one by one, they're being picked off by something in the woods. Now this thing spooked the hell out of even me because damn thing blends in with the forest and when it moves it's it's kind of quick but it does show you what it is in the end it's some weird deity that they stumble onto so this was one of the things like just by fate they awaken it and it well well it's because the survivor of the group he's been marked so it wants him because uh now was this one of those things where the friends knew what to do to get a mark to no. 
revenge? Is this a revenge? No, 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 no. Okay, no, this no, no, is no, no, purely no. by coincidence. No, coincidence. They were just Jeez. trying to cut through the woods to get to the resort. And then oh as this God. thing, this thing is huge. It's well over 10 feet or more because it's so tall. It's as tall Obviously, as one of the trees. you die when you see it. Well, I mean, it does kill you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, <clears throat> so it's uh, taking sacrifices. But it needs it has this cult. It has this cult deep in the woods. There's all these people who had been marked as well by this creature to be part of their cult. Oh, so this guy gets to join. He's offered to join. He's offered to wow. join. And he, don't tell us. Don't tell us. Yeah. If he... So the thing is, and also uh, in their attic, they had members who are corpses who are still alive. But they can't move because they're dead. They're dead-ish. Yeah. Coma. Yes. No. Not. No. They're corpses. Okay. They're like they're, skeletons you said and they shit. They were dead, but they were alive. Skeleton and shit. You can still hear them speaking and chanting and whatever. Yeah. Jeez. So this is in Sweden. Good one to end on. So yeah. Winner. Yeah. So uh, he's offered to join, but does he? We'll see. Well, you'll have to see. It was on Netflix. I hope it's still on Netflix. It is The Ritual. It is. I I keep watching it over and over again because it's just, it, it's so weird. Well, I see the director is David Bruckner. Bruckner, yeah. Why does that sound so familiar? So David Bruckner. Is the director. Is the director. He is known for co-directing The Signal in 2007 he co-wrote and directed Amateur Night in the horror anthology v- VHS, so which he, that's a good anthology, too. He has too. some credit behind his directing I mean, style to make yeah, it. Yeah, the whole directing style, was it was partially dreamlike, mm-hmm. partially, partially hallucinogenic, but also you could feel like the paranoia bri- creeping in on these people. They're trying mm-hmm. to get out. And... Uh, it's just the terror, the terror builds. And mm-hmm. this movie, I just, and, and plus it's weird enough because it has an actual deity, Jotun, which is based on an actual Norse mytholo- mythological deity. Wow, what a thing to stumble on. Yeah, yeah. So it's destiny. Yeah. Destiny cult. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, as a final thought, um, basically, uh, if you don't believe or stand for something, you fall for anything. That's a good one. That's why there's um, all these cults. But do your research. <laughs> Please do your research because fake or fact, these groups are pretty twisted. Yeah. Which means if you were part of these or know about these or like these, then you're pretty twisted too. So <laughs> good fit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's something for everybody here on Earth. That should be our motto. Hey, uh, uh, universe. Yeah, universe, because we don't want to discriminate. Yeah. Um, Or and beyond universe. Um, We've got something for everybody.
Lucan Wolf, and you're listening to EMZT Radio with your hosts, the Sinister Sisters. <laughs>
Are you gross under there? Are you night of the living dead under there? Like all bloody veins and pus? Greetings. This is Scorpio Girl, and this is brought to you by creepypasta.org. Astral projection. Lay in your bed, comfortably, staring at your ceiling. Your air conditioning is whirling, allowing you to completely relax and slowly drift into sleep. Just as you start to fall asleep, your air conditioner cuts off. You can hear everything. You have a relatively large room. You're starting to become uncomfortable, but instead of moving to get into a better position, you lay still, almost frozen. Your body begins to tighten while you're listening to your house settle. You just realize this and force yourself to relax. Lay in bed as relaxed as possible, trying to get into sleep paralysis because you want to experience astral projection for the first time. You don't want to move because you might mess up your progress in forcing yourself into sleep paralysis. Slowly, you begin to relax again as you hear all different kinds of sounds around you. Things like your name being called or creaking beds, but you've read up on what you're getting into, so you push into the side, thinking it will pass. You then begin to hear your name much louder and clearer, but only for a second. Then you hear footsteps. At this point, your mind is making up all kinds of things just to make yourself feel better and not freaked out. After a bit of struggling to calm down, you finally relax. You steady your breathing and relax your body once more. This time you hear footsteps coming down your stairs. You don't want to open your eyes, but you do. You lay there confused. You can't move. Only your eyes can move around you. It's harder to breathe. You see darkness, nothing but darkness. It's so dark it seems like your eyes are closed. You blink rapidly a few times just to make sure your eyes are open and for a quick second you see it. You see yellow eyes and the whitest and sharpest teeth you have ever seen. You then jump up in a panic, desperately trying to catch your breath. It feels like you just had someone on your chest for hours. Your arms are sore and your body aches, but at the same time you feel weightless. You get out of bed and go to switch on your light. You can't. You try to open your drawer and you can't. Everything you try to do doesn't work. You turn around and instantly freeze. You don't know what you're really looking at. All you know is there's a dark mass over your bed. You finally realize what is going on. All that research about astral projection, you can't turn on light switches when you're astral project. Nothing works. You now understand what is going on, but still you have no clue what is over your bed. You get closer and see your body under this horrific beast. It isn't doing anything other than just staring at you. Then it turns its head and looks dead at you and smiles and says, So my dear boy, is this what you wanted? And as soon as that vile creature utters its last words, you jump back into your body. And you wake up.
what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy! Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? And remember, here at EMZT Radio, we have everything horror, from the human race to entertainment.
We want you to become members of our religious group. Your witch's coven, don't you mean? We prefer to think of it as the true religion. The mother of all beliefs. Witchcraft is the only honest religion that makes things happen now. In this life.
This is Bane with EMZT Radio News. This is an update of some of our horror friends of the podcast. There's our good friend Dexter Williams, screenwriter. He was recently awarded the Best Screenplay Award from the Kingdom of Horror Film Festival for his supernatural horror feature script, Mistresses of Sleep, which is a really good script. And he said it was already an official selection and a finalist, but then it went the extra mile and won the best screenplay. So congrats to that. I'm very proud of his talents being recognized. And our other good friends, Sarah Yeshki from Bitches of Horror and her crew, their short film, Create Your Killer, is tearing up the film festival circuits. It recently was announced as an official selection of the Dead Northern Harrowgate Horror Film Festival. It also was official selection of the Ramif Rock and Metal International Film Festival. It was also an official selection at the Halifax Horror Fest. And the UK Motion Picture Festival, Best Director Female, Sarah Yeshki for Create Your Killer. Best Composer... Goose Hoffman for Creature Killer, Best Acting Ensemble, Jasmine Emmanuel Sarah. And because it's tearing up the film festival circuit, she is now going to make a feature film from Create Your Killer again. So we are so excited about that because the short film was just simply amazing and a lot of fun. And this has been an EMZT Radio News Horror Update. Behind closed doors. I was adopted. I never knew my real mother. Rather, I knew her at one time, but I left her side when I was too little to be able to remember. I loved my adopted family, though. They were kind to me. I ate well, I lived in a warm and comfortable house, and I got to stay up pretty late. Let me tell you about my family. First, there's my mother, Janice. I never called her mom or anything like that. She didn't mind at all. I don't think she even noticed she was a very kind and affectionate woman. Sometimes I would lie my head in her lap as we watched television and she would stroke the back of my neck with her fingers. Second, there's my father. His real name was Richard, but he never really liked me much, so I began to refer to him as dad in a desperate attempt to gain his affection. It didn't work. I think that no matter what I call him, he would never love me as much as his own child. That's understandable, so I really didn't press the matter. The most notable attribute of dad was his unmoving sternness. He was not afraid to pop his children when they were doing something wrong. He didn't hesitate to spank me. Well, I'm in line and it's because of his methods. Lastly, there's my sister. Emily was really young when I was adopted, so we were about the same age, but she was slightly older. I like to think of her as my little sister, though we got along better than other siblings could possibly get along. We would always stay up late together and talk. Well, she did a lot of the talking. I mostly just listened because I loved her. It was a great setup that we had. We were 
short on bedroom so and I didn't want to sleep in the living room by myself so she let me sleep on the floor next to her bed that this is where I slept over, ever since I enjoy being close to her and I have always felt very protected of my little sister one horrible Wednesday night everything changed I was at home taking a nap when little Emily opened the front door and the sound of the door opening woke up woke me up from my slumber and I walked downstairs to the hall of the living room that's when I first remembered it was Wednesday I was never any good at keeping track of what day it was actually I'll go ahead and say it my sense of time was horrible but nevertheless I knew it was Wednesday because Emily had just came come home from her church's youth group gathering she walked in the front door and hugged me and then was followed by, in by dad and Janice did you have a good nap Janice asked me as she ruffled my hair I just shook my head away and snorted don't you snort at your mother like that said my father gruffly he shut the door behind him and hung up his coat Emily went upstairs to her room I followed she started telling me about her day you know usual teenage girl stuff but I listened so that she would feel better after her summary she suggested watching TV and I obliged and jumped onto the couch as she was going for the remote she rolled her eyes at my little brother like immaturity and scooted me over and sat down the TV turned on and we watched it together until the sun went down Emily was the kind of girl that insisted of watching cartoons and soap operas would rather watch Discovery and Animal Planet and Natural Geographic I like those too so I didn't mind actually those were the only channels that can hold my attention it got late and Janice walked up behind the sofa Emily it's past your bedtime turn off the television and go to your room so you too she pointed at me Emily turned off the program as we were watching grudgingly and stood up she started down the hallway to our rooms as I followed, I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't right. We went into our rooms and Emily turned off the lights. Just as she did, I caught a flash of movement in, out of the corner of my eye. It was outside the window, but as soon as I looked back, whatever it was thought I saw was gone. I still remained alert for my sister's sake. I laid there in darkness with nothing but a thin ray of light from the street lamp outside to illuminate the room. It wasn't much, time and time again. I could have sworn that I heard subtle sounds just outside the window, a twig breaking, leaves crunching, clothes rustling, and all the while I could smell a faint stench of sweat and blood. I kept my eyes open almost all night. The sound outside subsided, all the smell left my nose. I began to feel at ease and my eyelids gradually closed. Not long after this, I heard a very loud crash on the other side of the house. I was up in an instant. There's someone in the house. I barked with extreme adrenaline coursing through me. Wake up, I shrillingly pleaded with Emily. She did. As soon as I saw her sit up, I ran to my parents' room. Dad was dead. His neck was sliced open with blood spilled out. The gaping wound forming a puddle on the floor. 
I saw that the bathroom door was closed and standing in front of it was a strange man. He was very large and rugged. He turned around and saw me and that's when I saw his face for the first time. I will never forget it. His eyes were small, beady cold, and twisted with evil intent. His beard was unkept, his clothes were dirty, and his face was smeared with blood. Just then I noticed the same horrid smell of sweat blood from earlier, but this time it was overwhelming. He saw me and grinned, displaying a crooked yellow teeth. That smile threw me off. I thought that I was about to die. I turned back to the bathroom door, completely unperturbed by my presence. I was terrified and didn't know what to do. I just yelled and cried. I watched as he shouldered through the door. That, that was. was my mom's only protection. I watched as he raised the large razor that he was carrying. I watched as he sliced her open and tore, tore her, her to shreds. I then heard something, the last thing that I wanted to hear. It was Emily's scream coming from behind me. The large man stared at my little sister, then stood up and quickly started walking towards us. My sister turned and ran. She, he rushed past me and went straight after her. Why was she still in the house? Why didn't she get away? Now, she was as good as dead, and I was the only one who could save her. I ran after them. I expected the man to kill her as he had the rest of my family, but I was sadly mistaken. He grabbed her by the arms and dragged her through the house. I was making as much noise as I could now, hoping and praying someone would come to my aid. He caught Emily and placed his hand over her mouth to muffle her screams. As she passed me, I backed up against the wall and whimpered with terror, why, why? As he gave another crooked grin and a very cold, unnatural laugh, and said, keep quiet, there's, there's a good boy. I followed him helplessly as he dragged my sister to the front door. He opened it, pulled her outside, and immediately slammed it shut behind him. I'm now sitting in the house with the dead bodies of my adopted parents, shivering and whimpering with dismay. He's somewhere out there with Emily, doing who knows what to her, and there's nothing I can do to save her. I would if I could, but I can't. I would chase after them in a heartbeat, but I can't. I sit there looking at the front door. I look down at my paws. If only I could open doors. Oh. Wait, hold on. I'm a goddamn dog? Your mother's in here with his cash. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. Hi, everyone. This is Caridwin from Sugar Plum Suicide, and you're listening to EMZT Radio. You desire. I'm the one that you need. 
taste temptation flowing in your blood. Giving welcome to forbidden things. I enfold you in black leather and light your lover in the veil of night the secret pleasure you desire I'm the one that you need the vampire follow me I'll show you shillings the old brother's grim comes to mind where the fisherman follows his wife
type of disorder that's uh, rarely ever seen anymore except in primitive cultures. We, we call it uh, somnambuliform possession. Quite frankly, we really don't know much about it at all except that it, it starts with a conflict or a guilt and it leads to the patient's delusions that his body has been invaded by some alien intelligence, uh, uh, spirit if you will. Go ahead, say something, talk, talk, talk. Thank you for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. (laughs) You are now listening to EMZT Radio. Jeff is back. The following story was written by a detective whom, after analyzing video evidence, witness accounts, and the video claimed to have been watched, developed a story. This is that story. It was late at night on a typical Tuesday evening. I was surfing the internet as I had two large coffees from my local coffee shop earlier that day and was unable to sleep. After watching pointless YouTube video after YouTube video, I came across a strange title in the related videos bar. None of the characters were of the English language, however. The shapes of the characters seemed to resemble words, although I couldn't quite decipher them. Curious, I clicked on the video. I suddenly began to hear various creaks and groans coming from my house. I whirled around and grabbed a nearby baseball bat, ready for a fatal battle. To my surprise, there were no intruders in the house, nor any signs of a forced entry. All the doors were also locked. Figuring I was just going crazy, I shrugged my shoulders and lazily walked back to my room. I had spent a lot of money on a high-bandwidth connection, so I was perplexed that the video I had clicked on had not yet loaded. I impatiently clicked the video four more times in an attempt to bring it up. After what seemed like an eternity of waiting, the page finally loaded. The background was black and it completely hid all of the text except for the username of the uploader and the description both in crimson red. The username of the uploader was Nightmare Slumber and the description read as such. How ignorant of you. You are unaware of my demonic presence in your life. I will destroy everything you stand for. Worthless coward, I am always watching you. And soon you will come to live with me. 
forever. Figuring this was simply the idiocy of a 12-year-old, I did not heed the danger I was in. The video began with a picture of an abandoned mental asylum, later found out to be the Denbig Asylum. The picture was a long, dark, tattered corridor extending past the viewer's visual field. The left wall of the corridor had windows separated by columns. The corridor was bathed in an eerie moonlight, only broken by the shadows of the columns. The darkness of the corridor was pure black, the likes of which I had never seen. I got the vibe that the asylum was hastily abandoned and never cleaned up. For the first minute of the video, it was simply a still frame of the corridor. There was no sound nor movement. At approximately 1 minute 13 seconds of the video, I noticed a slow but definite movement at the very end of the corridor. They had a human stance but walked very unusually, most notably with its head pointed straight at the ground. The creature accelerated steadily as the video progressed, eventually breaking into a full run. The creature ran headfirst into the camera, knocking it over. Simultaneously, I heard a very loud bang at the door. There was only one, and it sounded like someone had just run into the door. I jumped up and grabbed the bat again when I heard my computer make an error sound. The computer then blue-screened at that point, saying it shut down for safety reasons. The screen then proceeded to make notes of the fact that an unknown hacker had been obtaining information about my whereabouts. My antivirus program ran a track of the hacker's IP address and came back with the city in northern Wales. Specifically, the hack had been made from an abandoned mental asylum. Then the power went out. At this point, I became extremely intimidated. My eyes welled up with water as my breathing accelerated. I began to hear someone groaning in pain outside the door. I knew it was a mistake to go look, but I decided to anyway. When I glanced through the peephole, there was nobody outside the door. I could still hear the groaning, though. No way in hell was I opening that door. I flew into a panic attack and immediately attempted to contact the police. However, I simply got a busy tone on both the landline and my cell phone. I ran back up to my computer to see if I could hook it up to a generator to ask for help that way when I noticed that the computer screen was still on. In giant red text upon a black screen, it read, Go to sleep. A piercing scream then rang out. It sounded like someone was dying. I raced to the kitchen and drew two knives out of the drawer. This was real. This was actually happening. The screams got louder and more desperate. Under the screams, I began to hear a faint but distinct hysterical laughter. I ran about the house trying to figure out what was going on. I then heard a sobbing coming from a closet near my computer room. My skin ran cold. As I grasped the doorknob, it was cold to the touch. I should have said something before opening the door, but I didn't have the common sense to do so. I whipped the door open to see a young girl, dead and bloody, crumpled in a heap in my closet. Her stomach had been ripped open and her entrails pulled out. She was entirely naked and coated completely in blood. The wall suddenly was illuminated with a red light. I noticed that something was written in blood on the wall. You should have heeded the warning. Time to go to sleep. I whirled around and saw the figure in the video, head down and everything. I froze in fear. With one sudden movement, almost as if I was watching a video that had skipped a few frames, the figure twisted its head and looked at me, then everything went black. Detectives Notes 1 The victim's body was found in a similar state to that of the young girl in the closet. Despite numerous blood tests, we could not identify the girl. 
In fact, due to the lack of a missing persons report, the fact that no one came forward to claim her remains or to try to solve the case of the murder, and because no blood test matched anyone we tested, it seemed like the girl never really existed. We have confirmed that the hacking came from the abandoned mental hospital. However, there is no explanation as to how this was timed so close together. We have issued an arrest warrant, but no officer wants to enter the ruins in fear for his or her life. The only break we got was a witness sighting of an extremely unusual and frightening creature running into the hospital a few days later. From the witness's testimony, we noticed a shocking similarity between the face of the deranged mental hospital inhabitant and the following image taken from a site filled with horror stories with the words, Go to Sleep, captioned above it. Numerous murders like this have occurred since, and every single one of the victims have been noted to watch the video a few times before the homicide is committed. YouTube officials have tried to remove the video. However, every moderator that tries ends up getting brutally murdered. The case is still unsolved. Detectives Note 2 After further researching the case, a few discoveries have been made. First, while I have been unable to find the source of the video, last-minute accounts of the killer's victims have provided enough descriptive evidence to point to the image used as the background for the video. Although this is a JPEG image, and thus by nature is a still image, rumor has it that if you stare into the picture long enough, the image begins to twist and contort. Continue staring and you can see a creature beginning to run toward the camera. No one has watched the image long enough to see the creature come close, but enough visual evidence is there to assume that it is the same person you see in the video. The image can be found below. View at your own risk, for your life may be at stake. In addition, I have been searching for more information regarding the killer. To my horror, I have found a set of stories online regarding one Jeff the Killer. The stories dictate a serial killer who develops his psychopathic tendencies at the onset of his teenage years eventually killing everybody in his immediate family. The most shocking aspect of the story is that Jeff killed his victims in the same brutal way as seen in the Den Big Asylum Killer, even going to the extent of both killers communicating go to sleep before murdering their victims. The most frightening aspect, however, is that the image provided for Jeff the Killer is the exact same as the image provided by witnesses for the Den Big Asylum Killer leading investigators to believe that they are in fact the same person. For further reading, simply search Jeff the Killer online and read at your own risk. The most terrifying fact of all, though, lies in my personal experience. After writing this report, I heard strange sounds throughout my home. Figuring it was nothing, I continued doing research on Jeff. The banging noises got louder and louder. I searched outside, thinking maybe a bird was injured. As I stepped to my door, however, I noticed movement in the window. I immediately attempted to phone police but got a busy signal. Concerned, I put the phone down and looked toward the door only to see Jeff staring directly at me with those cold, dead eyes and that horrific, disfigured face. His smile was the most eerie thing I have ever seen. I immediately pulled out my gun and began shooting. Jeff took off into the night. I know I am in danger, so I've set up constant surveillance around my home to protect myself. I still see bright flashes of light and hear banging noises around my home along with the rare but still horrifying laughter of which only a true psychotic serial killer can make. I don't know how much longer it will be until we catch him, but if he keeps making these mistakes, then we will have a solid identity and an airtight case. I feel we are on the brink of taking him in, 
for I keep hearing laughter and banging sounds that are escalating in volume. I also am seeing an odd orb of light in the distance. I have radioed fellow police to the scene, but the radio has gone dead. The light is getting closer and I have my gun ready. It's him. I can see his face. Time to... Hello, everyone. My name is Jeff. I don't like that the story is being published, but oh well. It's not like any of you could catch a demon of my caliber. The detective is now dead, the journal is over, and it's quite hilarious because in viewing this document, I have logged every single one of your IP addresses and I know exactly where you are. For example, one of you works at a cousin's on Drexel Boulevard, one of you lives in Burbank, one of you lives on East Avenue, one of you goes to university, has a roommate named Becky, one of you is going to Iowa, one of you is quite the whiz at the piano. The list goes on and on. I know where you work. I know your friends, your family, your loved ones. I know everything. Soon all of that will be taken from you. Upon reading this message from me, you should start hearing odd noises and feel a sense of fear and dysphoria wash over you. You will become anxious and frantic for no logical reason. The banging isn't the building you reside in, it's something else. Something quite sinister. Something that wants your blood. If I don't get you, I will get those you love and care about. You, the one shivering in your chair and has a girlfriend named Jessica with whom you live with, she's mine. You aren't safe. <laughs> it's time for you to go to sleep. I will be shortly. Sincerely, Jeffrey the Killer. P.S. Whomever is the one that is a junior at Kettle Moraine, you're cute. I'll take my time with you. Don't you agree? You speak Latin. Ego te absolvo. Quad nomen mihi est. Bonjour. Quad nomen mihi est. La plume de matant. How long are you planning to stay in Reagan? Until she rots and lies stinking in the earth.
prepare your souls for fear. In the darkness of the night, there shall be no gala to contribute to the many years of disappointment, outrage, and misheeled assumption. In the darkness of the night, there shall be no ring bearer to pledge allegiance that happens. In the darkness of the night, there's a flower that blossoms. Make it grow. Hail to the maker of the soil that gives birth in the darkness of the night. In the darkness of the night, there are shadows of shadows standing in line for the taste of my success. At least I know what's in the darkness of the night. It boils my blood and dries up my tears. Can't cry. In the darkness of the night, through the fire of my eyes, you can see the future beating the present. So at home, in the darkness of the night, in the darkness of the night, I met tribulation. He was heartless, soulless, spiritless, with a grin on his face. In the darkness of the night, I'm in a cave that sits in a corner. Many times I've called out as my pen struck the bar, but there was no answer. So my writing rescued me from the darkness of the night.
Sartre, a Mistrobin, a Zarta. Tantir mano, man season has ansobar. Samanda robza, dar his hiker dans de roza. Ganda. Shut it off. Ganda. Shut it off. Ganda. Scott, you knew not to play that. I mean, come on, you knew it was upsetting you. You just don't know when you're taking something too far. Hey, don't give me that. You were playing it too. You could have shut it off. I mean, big deal. She's nuts. I mean, it's just a joke. Come on. Jesus Christ. She acts like she's three years old or something. I got to warn you. You're doomed to stay. Go. Go. I think we just met Ralph. God, what's next? She's drinking boost with Satan now. <laughs> Wait, I got a fact. I got a fact before we go, okay, people? Why are you afraid of death? He's just trying to give you a walk from the afterlife, buddy. Goodbye. And remember, here at EMZT Radio, we have everything horror, from the human race to entertainment.